backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio begins now. Hear the best in new music, artist interviews, stories from the road, and more. You are now backstage, and here's your host, Mothership. Hey, everybody. Ash Relesser is not only in the band's Autumn's Descent and Relesser, but he also has a label called AD Windblown Media Records. I caught up with this busy guy to talk about what's happening next. So I have Ash Relesser of Relesser and Autumn's Descent and ADWMR. ADWMR. Windblown Media Records. He's got a lot of irons in the fire, so we're going to start with who is Ash Relesser? Oh, gosh. Um, I've been a musician since uh, the teenage years back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Cut my teeth on hair metal and learned to play classic metal and got started to get good at it as the grunge scene hit. hit. And I was just thinking, gosh, this is not my thing. Um, I felt like grunge was a step backwards in learning to play the guitar. Instead of being a virtuoso like you were in the 80s, now it was, can you barely play three chords on a broken down instrument? That's cool. So I started looking elsewhere, and a friend of mine introduced me to a band called Nine Inch Nails. And shortly thereafter, Trent Reznor said, I have a new favorite band, and that is a band called Circle of Dust. And a friend of mine happened to have that. And I got into Circle of Dust and became quickly my favorite band. And so while everybody else was listening to Pearl Jam and Nirvana, I was listening to Industrial Metal. And uh, then The Crow came out. And uh, all of a sudden, all of that subculture, goth, industrial movement became mainstream. And I self-identified with that movement very, very much. Um, even though I looked at the time like an old hair metal guy. <laughs> back in the 80s, I had hair down in the middle of my back and teased it up and, and did all that stuff. Uh, interesting tidbit is I was a roadie for Striper when I was 16 years old. What? Yeah. Okay, and I have to see a picture of that. You have to send me a picture of that, <laughs> I have to see a picture. that hair picture. But I, I have pictures of me hanging backstage with Striper when I was roading for them. And then in uh, the mid-90s, I played in a progressive Christian rock band in college, and that band was on tour with King James, which had Robert Sweet from Striper and Rex Carroll from White Cross. So I got to, got to know some of those people fairly well, but never really climbed in the industry a whole lot much further. I was always a do-it-yourselfer. Started singing because I couldn't find people that sang like I heard in my head. Started doing analog production uh, back in the analog studio days. One of my biggest claims to fame is I managed to get a week-long lockout at Bearsville Studios in Woodstock, New York, which is where Ozzy did Osmosis, Metallica recorded Injustice for All, Dave Matthews did Crash there, Bon Jovi did a record there. Uh, but it was, a, it was a big analog studio at the time. And... Um, one of the worst recordings I've ever made. <laughs> it didn't rub off, huh? Oh, we, it was a very, very expensive learning lesson about what not to do. So, but I will tell you, um, over the, the years, I've learned lots of different ways to do things and got in. I was at the forefront of digital recording. As soon as um, I had a 486 computer back in the early 90s, I thought, I wonder if you could record music on this and how. And back then, we didn't have the hard drives for the capacity but we do now. So I've been at the, the cutting edge of digital music since uh, the very beginning and thought, gosh, if I could use that to arrange songs instead of having to go back and make multiple demos, it would make a huge difference. And that, that changed my songwriting. So I started uh, Autumn's Descent in 1995. I'm showing how old I am <laughs> when I was in college. And um, 
that was meant to be a cross between type O negative and nine inch nails when I created it and uh, never really got close enough to either of those two bands in the sound, but uh, attracted a few fans along the way, went through multiple lineup changes. And the, um, uh, the really wonderful thing is I had some people in New York and Los Angeles that took some interest into the project. And we got Autumn's Descent Music licensed into about every single TV network. So ABC, NBC, CBS, Disney, A&E, back when the CW was around, had a song in in the Supernatural TV show. Disney put one of my songs in one of their live action movies and, and things like that. So most people have actually heard Autumn's Descent Music and not known what it was or who it was. And then, um, in 2012, I put Relesser together. It had been on a studio project since 2006 doing remixes for other people. But in 2012, I wanted something that was even more electronic and more praise and worship oriented. So Autumn's Descent was founded in the, at a time period where I went through an immense broken heart. And I didn't know how to deal with grief like that as an early 20-something. So I wrote music, and that was how I dealt with it. And I wrote three albums worth of material about that particular heartbreak and put it out there. And the strangest thing happened. I'd be at shows playing across the United States and I'd have random people come up to me. And this happened three different times over different tours. I get off stage, I'm hot and sweaty and somebody comes up and hugs me. And they said, if it wasn't for you, I'd have committed suicide. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, I went through an immense heartbreak and then I listened to your music and it sounded like you had been there and gone through it. And if you can make it through, I can make it through. And so, and I I found Jesus because of what you put in there. And I went, oh, dear God, I don't want that responsibility. (laughs) When I was writing those albums, I wasn't thinking about how other people would interpret. I was just thinking, I want to get my feelings out. And this is catharsis for me. (laughs) And the Lord took it and used it to reach other hurting people, which answers the question sometimes, not always, but sometimes why does God allow bad things to happen? He doesn't cause them to happen, but why does he allow them? Well, he allows us who have been broken and healed to help other people who are hurting get healed. And so Autumn's Descent has almost always been aimed at a secular audience from the get-go, and Relesser was aimed internally towards more praise and worship. Done that on purpose, and uh, that's been a lot of fun. So I started ADWMR, AD Wimbledon Media Records, about the year 2000. I have been going after major record deals for a decade. And um, I got close. I got uh, Interscope Records, which was associated with Geffen, proposed uh, a deal to me where I'd be one of 16 artists that they would sign. They give us a $150,000 budget to record an album and get it out there. They distribute it. And then of those 16 artists, whichever, they'd take a single from everybody's album and send it to radio. And whichever single that radio picked up on and took, that's where they would focus all of their marketing efforts and the other 15 artists would be terminated. We would lose our deals and be responsible for paying back the $150,000 that was invested into us. So I had a one in 16 shot, but something in the back of my head said, don't do it. And uh, I thought that was the Holy Spirit. So I didn't I didn't go for it. Every other record deal I'd ever been offered, and I've had 16 deals offered to me over the years, was from a a smaller independent label that said something like, we will give you a $2,000 recording budget for your album. And then you have to go tour. 200 days a year at your own expense to support it. And um, I thought, shoot, $2,000. I'm spending $1,500 a song right now just on mixing. So <laughs> decided not to 
not to do that. I said, I don't see what any of these record labels could do for me that I'm not doing for myself already. So I put the label together to act as a buffer um, financially. So when I do taxes and things like that, uh, handle my music projects. And it was 2019 at Audio Feed Music Festival in Illinois. Both of my projects were playing that festival. And Ben Rao, who was head of Asylum Ministries, he'd booked both of my projects. He came up to me towards the end of the festival and he says, you got a record label, right? I said, yeah. He said, how many artists are on that? I said, two, both of my, my projects. He says, do you believe that the Lord is still in the business of doing prophecy today? I said, what are you getting at? He said, I think I have a word from the Lord for you. I said, what's that? He said, you are to open your record label up and mentor the next generation of goth industrial artists because there's been a gap for 20 years. I said, Ben, I've got the business acumen because of my day job to do it. And I've got the know-how from the, the music industry side of it and the, the artist side of it. The problem is I'm busy. My day job consumes a lot of my time. I've got a family and uh, <laughs> my own projects. I don't have the people, the, the money or resources or the time to actually run a record label like that. So the Lord would have to definitely get involved somehow and provide those things. When Ben said, just pray about it. So that was the uh, early July 2019. By December of 2019, I had signed David Patacone and an artist called Firebrand, Josiah Brand, and um, they became the foundations of the label. And within six months, we had a working revenue budget that could only be from the Lord because there's no way I could have done that. And we launched. And I had um, Firebrand, David Patacone, next was Angel Machine, then Bridge Shadows came on board, and Delta S. And in addition to my two projects that comprised the seven artists that are on the label, within two years, we were suddenly tracking on Billboard. We had artists on, the, on different charts and radio stations, and our quality started boosting. I was blown away. Backstage with Mothership returns after this. You're listening to Backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio. This hour of music is made possible in part by our business ministry partner, TPI Professional Print and Marketing Solutions, specializing in posters, flyers, banners, and more. Rethink your print. More info on the web at printinganaken.com or by calling 803-226-7898. The model for the record label is different from every other label that's in existence. Traditional record labels function like a bank. We're going to give you so much money to go make a high-quality recording. We're going to promote that through our good old boy network, and that includes certain radio and certain print and, and other advertising. And then your, the money we loan you is also expected to fund you going on tour for a certain amount of time to support this. And the way that you pay the money back to the record label is through product sales. So the label keeps 90 cents on the dollar of everything that you sell, so you're paying back the money they loaned you with interest. Uh, and or they're taking profit and you get pennies on the dollar. And that's how a lot of artists go broke very quickly. Mm -hmm. So I said with with my record label, what we'll do is the artist keeps 100 percent of their publishing rights, which is different from every other label. And, um, and I said, what we're going to do is we're going to trade services. For example, Josiah Brand has a college degree in video engineering and production. He's a phenomenal director. He's a phenomenal editor. David Patacone is a master audio engineer. My background is in production. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fairly decent producer in the studio. I can hear this is where a course needs to be, and it needs to be this big and have this kind of a setup and 
you know, I, I can hear melodies and things like that. I'm good at coaching that way. Wade okay. Seraph from Angel Machine is phenomenal at social media marketing and radio. Brian from Delta S is a marketing genius and has degrees and background in that and does that for major corporations or has in the past. So each one of our projects brings something unique to the table. And oftentimes artists, especially independent artists, are trying to wear all of those hats. And you think about it as an artist, what would you rather do? Would you rather write, record and perform music? Or would you rather handle the business side of it? So we said with this label structure, what we'll do is you'll do writing, recording and performing plus one other business side aspect that you are good at that you enjoy doing. So Josiah does video work for everybody on the label, but he doesn't worry about radio. He doesn't worry about marketing. He doesn't worry about production. And so David Patacone oversees the production of all of the audio on the label to make sure it's at the right quality standard that we're, we're releasing. So we're trading services, basically. And in the process of doing that, everybody almost has purposely ended up guesting on everybody else's projects. That's why you hear Josiah Brand streaming and Indestructible by David Patacone. That's why you hear Wade and April Seraph guesting on David Patacone stuff once in a while and things like that. And I guessed it on Patacone stuff. It's lesser. And so you see you see all of these different aspects coming together. And some people have said it's almost like an, an Argyle Park type thing, if you're familiar with who Argyle Park was. They were a super group in the mid-90s for industrial artists. We are migrating in that direction. We're actually thinking of doing an entire group project in inviting other people from outside the label to join us. We've had some interest in that. It's just finding the time to sit down and work on it because we've got a couple of songs written for it already and it sounds pretty good. Bottom line is the, the label functions differently. The artists actually collect all their own revenue and pay the label back so the label doesn't uh, collect any money on behalf of the artists so that they can't sue us for <laughs> not paying royalties. It's the other way around. It's backwards. It functions like a co-op. So mm -hmm. each artist is signed to the label for three years. And then there's an option to renew if both parties agree. So and during that time, they're all required to release at least one album and a few singles. And Josiah from Firebrand and David Patacone are almost up for the three-year time period in January. And they're already planning to resign. So I'm honored. I'm excited. I'm excited. The label doesn't make a whole lot of money, but that's not the point. Right. Our motto is none of us is as strong as all of us. So by ourselves, you'd have to do everything and you'd have to work on everything. It'd be really difficult and challenging to get far with all of us working together on all of our projects. We're all going a lot further. That is really cool. Every Monday night, the label meets for a couple of hours and we sit down on Skype or Zoom or something like that. And we pray together and we goof off and we talk about promotion and marketing and projects and things like that. But we're functioning a lot like a family. We have several artists that we are courting right now to join the label, and we're always accepting submissions. If someone's interested, how would they reach you? So you could uh, send an email to adwmr at adwindblowmediarecords.com, and we can send you the form that you fill out if you're interested in checking that out. But the label's a uh, niche label. Goth, industrial, some metal, some rock, electronica for sure, synth wave, that kind of thing. And we're ministry-minded. If you're a group and you have a member in the band that's not sold out for Christ, I'm sorry that that's not what we do. We've got some projects that are coming up that are aimed at a secular audience. Still, everybody in the label has got to be sold out for Christ, everybody in every project. And we're very adamant about that because we want to make sure that the Lord gets the glory for everything. The money had to be the Lord. The way it came in, it was just the right amount, and it came out of nowhere. And, you know, the people that have been brought into this have the exact set of skills that we needed to launch this thing. 
And I didn't know any of them before 2019. So it was just one of those things where the Lord said, okay, here's a vision that's bigger than you and you can't do it. And I'm going to prove you can't do it. And so we're, we're looking to make sure the Lord gets the glory for everything. So we met at Kingdom Come Festival a few years ago, and you were part of the side stage? So uh, a couple years ago, Kingdom Come Festival, which has been around for 12 years, they're going into their 13th year this next year. Uh, the folks that put that on are some very dear friends of mine. I love them very much. Some of them were like mentors to me. But they reached out uh, in 2019. A couple of them came to Audio Feed Festival to meet with Ben Rao, the gentleman who suggested I open my label up. They were looking at Asylum Ministries. Asylum Ministries had this vision of taking their stage from Audio Feed and making it travel. They wanted it to go to different festivals all over the, the country. The idea was to have the Asylum Tent with stages at Uprise Festival, at Audio Feed, at Kingdom Come Festival, at Creation Fest. Traveling independent stage. Cool. A independent stage. And then that morphed into, in addition to that, let's have our own festival. And so the Asylum Ministries Group put a team together to build this roving tent and festival, and I was invited to be part of that discussion, and I was I was honored. And so they decided to do something called Capstone Festival, and it was going to be held in Angola, Indiana, at a campground that was centralized a couple weeks uh within KCF and Audio Feed. And the idea was that there were all these bands that were traveling. They could go one festival to the next to the next and eventually end up at ours. And uh, I think it had six or seven stages and, and such. Everybody's been trying to fill the gaps since Cornerstone went under. And this was um, a bunch of people who grew up going to Cornerstone. We said, in what ways can we try to recreate that family environment where, where everybody's there and we all miss each other? And, and all these other festivals were great, but they didn't do a whole lot for underground goth, industrial, punk, metal, that kind of stuff. We wanted stuff that was not always mainstream. So we started putting the festival together and got about 50% of the way through the planning of it and the financing and you know all the paperwork, and then COVID hit. It shut it all down completely. No way to, to make it work. So it was um, right between 2020 and 2021, the folks at uh, A1M, Always One Ministries, that put on Kingdom Come Festival, tried reaching out to uh, the people at the Asylum Ministries group and said, hey, that roving tent stage that you were talking about, you want to do that at KCF this next year? And I got nominated with a couple of other people from that group to, to be in charge of it. And so uh, along with Sean Browning from Rottweiler Records and uh, Tony Padilla, who has passed away during COVID, unfortunately, he had Sacrosanct Records. And so our three record labels came together to sponsor uh, what was called the Capstone Stage in 2021 at King Come Festival. It, an overwhelming success. We were blown away. We were trying to put more underground artists on there and. It worked really well, and they asked us to do it again the next year. And the next year, Sean Browning had just sold Rottweiler Records, so his label couldn't sponsor it anymore. And Tony's not with us anymore, so it just fell to me. And uh, we prayed about it. I pulled the, the label team together, and I said, do we want to do this? And it says, the people on the labels very smartly said, it's not what we want, it's what the Lord wants. So let's pray about it. And we said, Lord, uh, if you want us to do this, you'd need to provide the funds and the people to run it and everything. And sure enough, he provided all of those things very quickly. Mm. So the redemption stage is what we decided to call it this last year was a, a hit as well. We put all kinds of artists that were more underground and harder, harder than what's normally on the main stage. 
mm-hmm. in that area. And that was a smashing success. And we were very honored to be part of that. Whether we can afford to do it next year moving forward is, is up in the air. We're asking the Lord, does he want us to do it again or not? But <laughs> I think we've proven that uh, the Lord can make happen whatever he wants in terms of stages Amen. and festivals and, and things like that. Well, it was well done. And there was something for everybody. Thank you. We said if we're going to do it, we want to do it right in terms of sound, light, production, and then making sure the artists that play on it are taken care of. Because the people that put that stage on, we're artists ourselves. We come from touring and things like that. When an artist rolls into town and they've got a place to stay and they get good food and they're treated very nicely, it's like, oh, can I have every gig like this? And we wanted them to say, I want to come back and do that festival again. So we were were grateful. Backstage with Mothership returns after this. Out Performance Shop is a proud supporter of Solid Rock Radio. They specialize in retail and wholesale of automotive high-performance racing and off-road products. They also carry a variety of accessories from remote control cars to rock and roller multi-carts. On the web at outperformance.com. Check us out on Facebook at I'm with Mothership. Do you have anything in the works in the way of new music? Yeah, we do. So, uh... Angel Machine, which is one of our artists that is, I like to think of them as something that would have been very popular in about 1987 to 89. Back when uh, you had like Depeche Mode is, is at their peak, you have Sisters of Mercy, something like that. They would have fit right in with that. And that sound is popular again. People listen to Angel Machine and go, I don't know what that is, but I like it. So Angel Machine just put a, uh, their first EP out at the end of June. And it's doing very well. They, they played Audio Feed Festival and sold out of merchandise within the first 24 hours. I was I was blown away. Eric Clayton from Savior Machine sought them out to, to meet them. So <laughs> I was like, wow, <laughs> that's, that's really cool. But uh, Angel Machine is working on another EP that will be out uh, within the next year. Uh, David Patacone just released his newest album, Modern Psalms, and it's a little darker than his last uh, album with uh, the label, and that's by design. So some of it's based on, on praise, and some of it's based on, I'm going through some really tough stuff right now, you know, and you're crying out to God. Rich Shadows uh, is the keyboard player from the band Wedding Party. Wedding Party was popular in the late 90s and early 2000s. Rich Shadows was formed, I believe, in 2005, and started off being kind of like a rock metal industrial thing and then disappeared off the map after about two or three albums the guy that is bridge shadows is an old acquaintance of mine and we signed him as bridge shadows a year and a half ago and he started putting new music out it hit the uh christian weekly loud charts he's got two songs on there that have been there now for six months and they're climbing so and that's that's industrial rock and he's got almost an album's worth of material done it's waiting in the wings he will have an album out probably within the next six to eight months so uh delta s is a project that we signed delta s has about 18 to twenty thousand followers on facebook and and equivalent on other platforms as well he's more edm um dance uh techno that kind of stuff electro synthwave and he's got some really cool stuff the community of this genre of music is not very big in terms of the, the Christian community. I mean, there are a handful of artists that are around from the 90s that inspired the next generation. There are a few of us that were too young to have been part of those projects in the 90s, but we're too old to be what's really fashionable for the young kids today. So we're right in the middle. We were inspired by Argyle Park, Circle of Dust, Mortal, Folds and Dura, Under Midnight. There are so many of these bands that, that were exploding in the mid 90s 
And then they kind of went away and then there was a gap and we're the people that were influenced by those bands. And we want to bring that genre back. And so the label is, is functioning to create that, that scene and it is being received incredibly well, far better than I thought it was going to be received anywhere else, but we're filling a niche and we know we have a niche market. I'm not expecting angel machine or David Patacone to play creation festival kind of thing. But by golly, wouldn't it be awesome if they did? You know, and Patacone has got a crossover right now. His newest song, Adrift, is both in the Christian Loud charts and in the CCM charts right now. It is actually climbing on the CCM charts. And we were like, dang, who would have ever thought somebody from this label would have a CCM charting song? And so we're excited about that. So we were actually talking this last week. What's the next single? And uh, I mean, we've known for a while what it's going to be. Um, but we were like, when do we want to release that? And we've pushed the release date of that single back twice now because of how well Adrift is performing. So we're, we're just let it ride. Let's coast on it and see where the Lord wants to take it and, and, and go with it. So we're constantly releasing uh, new things and we're constantly promoting new things. And the fact that people are, are gravitating to it, we're, we're so blessed. We're so blessed. Uh, I will tell you, Autumn's Descent is a project that I started in 95. It was my first quote-unquote solo project ever. I'd always been in bands up to that point. I mean, I wrote music that was aimed at a secular audience. And most of the, the content of Autumn's Descent was written around falling down in relationships and getting back up with people and God. That was the idea. So Autumn means to fall. Descent means to fall. It's a word play. It's meant to be um, falling down in your relationships and getting back up. And, and so that's, that's the content of most of the, the songs in Autumn's Descent. And just a, a funny little note there, back when Autumn's Descent was um, was playing 15 years ago, there was a, a high school band from eastern Indiana that used to come follow us around. And they would be at the front row all the time, and every time the guitar player would play a solo, they'd go, we're not worthy, like <laughs> uh, the guys in Wayne's World. That band was the protest. Back then, they were called Protests for Pluto. Wow. They used to follow us around everywhere. They would always ask us, how can we get big like you guys? And how can we? And we were, we were nobody. We were never big. But in their eyes, we were big. And we said, you know, get good songwriting and practice and go on tour and things like that. And so they took that to heart. And I remember the, the day I was in some project that was playing. It was um, Disciple and Protest for Pluto. I'll play on the show. It was a decade or so ago. And uh, Josh Bramlett and his brother, we, they were talking, we're going to leave and go down to Nashville tomorrow, and we're going to record with Travis Wyrick. And I, I know you know that name. Mm-hmm. I've never met Travis, but I've known who he is since the, the 90s. And, uh, and I said to Josh, I said, Travis is going to challenge you guys in ways you've never been challenged before. He's going to tell you some things that are not going to be easy to hear, and you need to listen to him, and you need to try him. And don't get in, don't let your ego get in the way. If you do that, you're going to come out the other side, head and shoulders above where you've been, and you'll be up there with the big dogs. And so they got back and they did their album Game Changer, and they shortened their name to The Protest. And I remember meeting up with them at the release party for that, and I said, congratulations. He said, you were so right. You <laughs> <laughs> Travis scared the crap out of us in, in a good way and, and coached us hard and told us things we didn't like to hear. And I said, yeah, but listen to the difference. And then they went on to do all the things that I wanted to do when I was their age. So I'm so proud of those guys. And I've got a soft spot in my heart for those guys in the protest because they started following my project around. And now I go get in the front row when they play and I go, I'm not worthy. <laughs> I love them. They're so kind. 
They're the genuine deal. They'll be the first ones to stop the show and pray with somebody. And I've yeah. seen it happen many times. So they are they are the real deal there. And Josh and uh, Jareb have done some artwork for some of the artists on my label. Most recently, they did the uh, cover for Relessor's latest single, which is called Till the End of Days. So we we hire them frequently. We love quiet strength design, don't they, we? They do a fantastic job, don't they? They've done uh, probably three or four projects for us artwork-wise over the last couple of years. So, Ash, I understand you're a big Star Wars fan. Where did you hear about this? I did a little research. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember the very first movie in theaters. Me too. And, yeah, and... and when I was growing up, we lived in a house that did not have air conditioning, and movie theater tickets were only 75 cents. And so when Star Wars was in theaters, and it stayed in theaters for over a year because we didn't have VHS beta, you know, that, that wasn't prominent until the mid-80s. Right. So if you wanted to see a movie, you went to the theater to see it. And so Star Wars stayed in theaters for a full year. I remember the anniversary poster. Then it went away for a year, and then it came back six months before The Empire Strikes Back came out. So as a little kid, I went and saw that movie probably 20 or 30 times in the theater. And wow. Yeah. And then when it came out on home box office, HBO, I had a little cassette recorder I stuck up to the TV because we didn't have a VHS or VCR. And I remember using cassette tapes and I recorded the audio from the first movie. And so anytime my parents said, go clean your room, I would hit play on that while I'm cleaning my room. So I can quote. The very first Star Wars movie from 1977, start to finish, line for line. I wish I'd learned scripture that well, right? But no, I, I, I can quote the whole first Star Wars movie, and it's got a very nostalgic place in my heart because that was my childhood. And so I That's love right. love the first three movies very, very much. So the rest of it ever since then has been like, yeah, it's all right. It's Star Wars. I'll enjoy it. But especially that first movie that changed my, my world. I'd, I'd never seen anything like that before. So I, I have, I'm almost embarrassed to say this. I've been collecting Star Wars figures since 1978, and I probably have in excess of 3,000 of them. So <laughs> I appreciated coming to KCF and seeing you up on main stage wearing one of my mothership shirts. <laughs> Won't be and the I last thought, time either. I was really touched. I had, there were several people wearing my shirts, and I just love that we have a like mind when it comes to ministry. You know, the Lord will put us in places we never thought we would be so that we can plant seeds in places we never thought we would be. And the Bible's full. Of, I mean, you look at Jonah's life. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's an example. You look at Joseph's life. There's an example there. So the, uh, the Bible's full of them, people who never thought they would be in places they are. It's the Lord putting us there so that he can work. And that's, that's one of the reasons he does it is so that we know it wasn't us. It was him. Yeah, it is incredible. And I'm just right. so proud to be a part of it. Likewise. Cindy, it's been a blessing getting to to talk with you this whole time. You too. Have a good night. Good night. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more great music. And check out my blog page on the Solid Rock Radio website for my guests' social media links. If you've missed any of my past interviews, you can find them uploaded to podcast.solidrockradio.org. Have a wonderful week, and let's be kind to one another.